Nothing is better than him. Amen? Do you believe it? Amen. Well, you know, I told you Sunday church that um, I, I don't believe thing you're going to be seeing anything get better uh, in the natural here anytime soon. I think the world's gone crazy. I think the world's going to keep coming up with more schemes and crazy ideas and crazy things going on. And I think we're going to be uh, looking at uh, all kinds of stuff going on. But on the other hand, I want to tell you tonight that I just want to tell each and every one of you, you cannot be defeated. Listen to me. You cannot be defeated. If you're in Jesus, if you're born again, if you're saved, you know that you're right with God, you can't be defeated. And no matter what goes on in this world, no matter how crazy it looks, no matter what uh, things take place, I'm, I'm to the point now to where I'm, I'm, I've quit saying, I can't believe that. You know, I, I just, just say, all right, well, wickedness just keeps wanting to go, but my God's bigger. Everything's going to work out. God, God's got a plan. God knows what's going on. Amen. I'm not living for this earth. I'm living for heaven. Come on, listen to me now. I don't know about y'all, I'm living for heaven. I'm living to step over the other side. The sooner I get there, the happier I'm going to be. You say, ah, I can't believe you said that. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I, I, I want to go to the other side, man. I'm, I want to, uh, uh, everybody, I want, I want the rapture to take place, honestly. You know, I just want to just poof. I, I've got a lot of thoughts about that. Like if you're like, how does that all work? You know, I, I don't, I can't imagine, you know, he's all zipped up or whatever, you know. Uh, what if you're taking a shower? Minor things like that I've thought about, you know, just how does that all work? How does, how do we keep from just dying of a heart attack when you're just standing right there in a minute? Next thing you know, you're 23,000, 30,000 feet in the air meeting Jesus, you know. I mean, that, I don't even like carnival rides. So, you know, all those kind of things, I have some, but I don't care as long as I'm there. Amen. It ain't going to make no difference, right? If you hear this loud scream coming, you know, it's just me, you know. But uh, I know this. I know God has a plan. But I know as Christians, our job is to pray and to cry out for his righteousness. And when we see something going on or we hear something taking place or something that doesn't, uh, isn't godly going on in our government or our whatever, we need to stop and pray about it. We need to be Christians that are crying out for the, for the righteousness of God. Amen? And quit being amazed and dumbfounded and walking around saying, I can't believe it. Just start praying about it. Amen? Because wickedness is rampant. It's rampant. It's just getting more rampant by the day. But, man, you know the scripture I've been giving you, I said, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Well, listen to me. There's going to be more grace than there is sin abounding. Everybody's going to look so stupid when Jesus comes back. You know what I'm saying? You ever thought about that? They're going to sit there and say, oh, wow, should have gone to church. Our job right now is what I've been talking about. The Titus effect is to 
stay in the grace of God, to keep believing in his grace, getting his power work in our lives, and to be telling people they're going the wrong direction. Hello? We need to get as many people saved right now as possibly can because, yeah, you know, there ain't nothing good happening. And all the people that are walking in wickedness, we all know wickedness doesn't pay. All right? And so uh, I want to get your Bibles out. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. I want to share something with you tonight. Everybody say God's able. You ever notice that God always shows up, you know, when the hour looks the darkest? He always shows up. The Egyptians are, are persecuting Israel, and now they don't have any straw to make their bricks with, and they're putting more taskmasters and more on them, and then all of a sudden, boom, God shows up. Why? Because the people cried out. Right? And so that's where we need to be right now. So we just need to be crying out to him and saying, Lord, this is not right. I know it's not right. You know it's not right. I just pray for it. Pray for people's eyes to open up to people that, to be saved, come to know Jesus, because that's really all you can do, all right? But Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2 says something here. It says, In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. And so what we're seeing now is across America, we're seeing the spirit of disobedience, the spirit of that's just in this world, just the demonic force that's in this world, running rampant. And people are just yielding to it and doing it because they, it satisfies their flesh. All right? It satisfies their flesh. They're building to the flesh is all they're doing. But it says we once worked like that. Are you hearing me? You can't point a finger at them because we once walked like that. See, that's what happens to religion. You get religious when you start thinking and forgetting that you came out of darkness. Because nobody just was always in the light. Hello? We want to we get all saved and all sanctified and all holy and then forget. You came from the darkness into the light. Each and every one of us did. Amen? Don't forget, when you look at somebody and say, man, I can't believe that guy's that stupid. Just think back about how stupid you were. All right. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were my nature children of wrath, just as the others. Are y'all hearing this? All right. But God, everybody say, but God, who's rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses. He made us alive together in Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And just listen to this. He's saying here that it was God's great love for us. We can't forget that God loves people. He loves the crazies. He loves the people that are doing wickedness right now. God has a great love for his creation, humanity. All right? Now, there's going to come a day when God says enough's enough. All right? That day's coming. And when it comes, 
woe unto those who don't know Jesus. But right now, we're in the dispensation of the age of grace, where God's great love is being poured out for me. He wants everybody to turn and come to him. I believe that we're going to see a great revival. I believe that we're going to have people coming to church to get saved that you would never think would grace the doors of the church. All right? Maybe it's not the doors of the church. Maybe it's in your lives, your neighbors, your friends coming to your house, wherever it may be, maybe in the park, it may be whatever. You're going to start seeing people coming to looking for Jesus. Because you got to understand there's so many people in the world, so many people out there that have, have, a, have a little bit of words sewn in them. From a grandmother, from a mother, from a vacation Bible school they went to. I never forget years ago when I was in the jails preaching and uh, there was a man in there and as I was preaching, he just mocking me the whole time. Just, ah, ah, ah. And I got irritated after a little bit and finally I said, man, what is your problem? I just asked him, not in front of all the guys, I said, what's your problem? And he said, I don't believe anything you're saying. I said, really? I said, why? And he said, well, I was in vacation Bible school, me and my brother. My brother was acting up, and the preacher came back and popped him on the back of the head. He said, I didn't think that was right. He said, I never went to church after that. And I said, look where it got you. Standing in a jail cell. And at that moment, it was just like the words that I said. When I said it, I was saying it. I was mad. I was you know, saying it kind of angrily. And I said that, and it's just like those words just harpooned that man's heart, and tears came to his eyes, and he said, you're absolutely right. And that's kind of like, I am, you know, what I say. And he said, I've let what that preacher did to me all my life keep me, and look where, look where I'm at. I'm here. He said, I want to change. And right there, that man gave his heart to Jesus. Now, but he had a little word sewn in him, see, because he was in vacation Bible school. So my point is, there's a little bit of word floating around in people. And that little bit of word's going to take root in some. And it's going to come up. And then they're going to say, wait a minute, what am I doing? Why am I going down this road? Why am I going down this path? This path isn't going to lead me anywhere. And they're going to turn to God. We're going to see that happening. I really believe right now we're going to see that more and more. It's just going to start to happen and happen and happen and happen. And, and don't, for heaven's sakes, when... You know, somebody comes in the church, don't say, what are you doing here? You know, I mean, you know, <laughs> we need to be with open arms and loving people, right? And we don't want to be a religious church. But in everywhere we go, we need to be sensitive to people because I'm telling you, the anointing of God that's on y'all is going to reach out to people who have that little bit of word in them that's going to pop up. So it says here, he goes on down here and he says, uh, for by grace you have been saved and raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places. Man, you went from darkness to sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, this is where most Christians lose it because they're just glad they got in the front door, much less sit up there at the, on the throne. And we as Christians aren't ruling and reigning in life and we're letting the devil have the advantage and we're just kind of cowering off and backing off and we're not standing up and taking our rights as children who sit at the right hand of the throne of God say, no, this is not going to go down in my life. I was out walking, and uh, 
You know, have y'all noticed how quickly, it's probably not, it's probably just like always, but how quickly all the leaves fell off the oak trees and how quickly they've already put back all the little blossoms and blooms, right? I looked at it at first, I was like, oh man, it's going to be pollen here pretty quick and I like oak pollen. But then I got to looking at it and I just thought, man, this, it was quick. It was like three weeks, maybe even less. The leaves just fell off and then all of a sudden there's something blooming, Right? Well, how many Christians are there? How many people are there in the world that have a little bit of words sown in them that they're dropping their leaves and all of a sudden they're going to start, it's going to start sprouting. It's going to start blooming. It's going to start coming back to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Quick. If a whole tree can lose its leaves and go ahead and start producing and come back like that as quick as an oak tree does, just imagine what the seed of the word of God that's been laying there dormant in people's lives for a long time just pops up. All right. Well, it says, then he made us to sit together in heavenly places. He put you in a position right off the bat. You didn't have to earn it. You didn't have to strive to get there. You didn't have to do it by works like you, okay, you got in the family, but now you're going to, have to earn your way up to sonship. You see what I'm saying? You went from darkness, not just to light. You went from darkness to the throne. That's pretty amazing. Now, why do you do this? That in the ages to come, he might show his exceeding riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. The riches of his grace. Why have I been preaching this about the Titus effect? Because I'm telling you, when you get your heart in line with God and the power of God, the grace of God begins to flow through you, it changes everything in life. For by grace you've been saved through faith. You produced the faith and grace did the work. Hear that. You and your heart produced the faith. Just think about this. Come on, church, listen to me. This is too good to be true. You, just, you can just let this go off and not even hear what I'm saying. One day, your faith connected with the grace of God and you went from darkness through the light to the throne. And, and doesn't the word tell us that the, the just shall live by faith? So the same faith that con contacted, I think that's the right word, the grace of God, touched the grace of God that brought salvation in your life is the same grace that will blow into your life and do whatever is needed. Now look at 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Second Corinthians 9, 8 says, now God is able. Everybody say, God's able. Say it like you mean it. Say, God's able. So what's your darkness? What's your fear? What's got you concerned? What's got you out there that looks like a big, you know, woolly booger that you're scared of that you maybe think God's not big enough for? Because it's God's able to make all grace abound towards you. In other words, there's nothing out there that could stop the abounding grace of God coming in your life. Except you. Hear what I'm saying? There's nothing that could stop 
the abounding grace of God in your life except you. I've seen it happen all over the world. We have a revival meeting, begin to preach the gospel. Something happens, miracle happens. Somebody gets saved, something goes on, then all of a sudden you just see it. Just like that, that expectancy in people's faith starts popping and all of a sudden things just start happening all over the room and things just start, just miracles start taking place and things start taking place. Why? Because people got their expectancy on God. Right now, a lot of people go to church just because they think they should. Think it's the right thing to do. They go to church and, and they come to church and they leave church and they leave the same. Because their faith never taps into the grace of God. When's the last time you just sat down? Uh, Tuesday would have been a good day. When the sun came out, and it just got kind of warm. And did you just stop and sit down out in the sunshine, close your eyes and worship God and feel his, just feel like the sun coming on you. It's just like his love there. And you just worshiped God and just quit thinking about all the woolly boogers in your life. Is that okay to say woolly boogers? That's, that's all right, isn't it? Okay. I'm not trying to be ugly or anything. I just said this, the word keeps coming out of my mouth. So I want to make sure, check it with the boss first. Are y'all with me? Folks, listen to me. The world right now is trying to twist our tail. And it's trying to jump up and down and say, oh, look, look at how bad it is. But when, when have you just sat down and just let the sun shine on your face and just worshiped him and said, God, you're so amazing. Thank you, I'm saved. Thank you, Lord God, I'm not headed to hell right now. Thank you, I have a relationship with you. Thank you, you gave me a you know, good church to go to and know the word, and I'm learning. Thank you for your word. Thank you, I got a Bible. Thank you, I can read, Lord. Just begin to worship him like that, and just let his presence engulf you. So then let me turn it around. How much time do you spend in a day worrying about what's going on? Oh, gosh, what my, what's my retirement going to look like? What's, how are we going to do this? Oh, what about so-and-so? What about this? And what are we going to do then? Oh, God. Because worry is worship in reverse. That's all worry is, is worship in reverse. Because you're not going to hear anything good on the news anymore. You're going to hear anything, anything going on out there, all the media, everything. And then you have both sides creating stuff that I'm not saying it's not right factually, but you've got both sides creating stuff which does nothing but create worry.
You know, we just had the horrible shooting in Colorado. God bless those people. Just got to pray for them and lift them up. Had the horrible shooting again in Colorado. And so half are worried about we need to get rid of all the guns. The other half are worried about that they're going to take all our guns. Right? So either way you put the story out, depending on what side you're on, it doesn't do anything to produce worry. So my point is, is that the world's just twisting our tail right now. The devil just wants Christians to worry, but we can't be Christians that worry. We've got to be Christians that walk in faith. We've got to be Christians that realize who we are in Christ and that what God has delivered us from and where we're going. Second Peter one, two. Second Peter one, two. It says grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. OK, what's not covered in that scripture? What's not covered in all things? Don't you think all things probably covers all things? There's nothing that could come up under the sun, new invention or whatever, that doesn't fall under all things. So the next time you want to say, what next? Just stop and say, well, all things are covered under my covenant with God. I heard a good one today. I probably shouldn't say this, but oh well. You know, they're really pushing that if you're not vaccinated with the COVID vaccine, you're, you're not going to be able to fly or do anything like that because you're going to have to have the, the, the COVID card to be able to show that you've been vaccinated in order to fly. And then I immediately heard the next report about that they're already producing them on the black market. <laughs> so you can buy your own black market COVID card, say, oh, I've been vaccinated. Of course, then you have to lie. And they say, are you lying? <gasps> yeah, I am. <laughs> Just thought I'd see if it passed. And you think that, you know, you think, oh, that's not going to happen. But you remember the little, from those of you that had to get your Texas driver's license renewed, you know, they sent you a deal even though you weren't out of, like it wasn't your birthday or whatever because you had to have that little gold seal on there. Well, now the airlines have all declared if you don't have the gold seal, you can't fly. So your license has to have the gold seal. So it's just going down the road. It's going to have to, because what the world's trying to do is to make us compliant. And I'm just not much of a person to comply when I don't agree with it. I don't exactly know how it's going to go, and I don't exactly know how things going to shake down, but I'm just telling you, I'm not compliant except to the Word of God and what the Word says. If it fits in the Word, I'm compliant because I have submitted my life to Jesus. Hello? But I'm just not going to submit to every stupid thing that's out there. 
But what the world wants us to do is we've got to be compliant. Now you have to have your mask on. You have to be vaccinated. You have to have your vaccination card. But wait a minute. I thought if you had COVID, you couldn't get it again and didn't do any good to wear a mask. And why did you get vaccinated? And I don't know. I just thoughts. Just thoughts. Just. Are y'all following me here? God's got this whole great plan for us to walk in of everything that pertains to godliness in our life, everything we can walk in. But the world right now is just trying to jerk you out of it and get you over there thinking like the world thinks. But we've got to stay in God's plan. With our thoughts and our minds and our hearts and our actions, we've got to stay in God's plan. What we need to be worried about is getting out of God's plan, getting out of his rest, as Hebrews tells us. Right? That's what we should be afraid of, not entering into his rest and saying, okay, well, whatever. Folks, you got it made. If Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, you've already got it made. Your whole future is taken care of. Your forever is already done. You've already won the lotto in that sense. You don't have to worry about retirement because you're never going to retire. You're going to die and go to heaven and live forever. There's no retirement plan when you're living forever. All right. His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness to the knowledge of him. Isn't that funny? To the knowledge of him. Wow. But a lot of people don't know him. So if they don't know him, they don't know the plan. They never read the Bible. It's too hard for them. It's too difficult. I'm so proud of y'all. If you're reading the Bible and reading the plan, you've already done all of Matthew, Mark. Now you're in Luke. If you've never read it before, you're just blazing a new path in life. Reading the word. It comes to the knowledge of him who called you by glory and virtue in which he's been given to us exceeding great and precious promises. Now, folks, listen to me. You know, I remember years ago, a friend of mine told me we were talking about buying clothes. And he told me, he said, Robert, you're smarter to go buy a really good shirt. It'll last you longer. It'll look better. And for the money, you're going to enjoy that shirt. It's going to be better for you. Then you buy a cheap shirt that's going to wear out and not look too good, and you have to go get another one. And he said, everything you do like that, you need to look at it that way to see what is it. Is it really better to buy the better thing than the left or, you know, whatever. Some things aren't, you know, but some things are. If God, who makes worlds, and then he creates a world, and in the world he creates, it's full of gold and petroleum and diamonds and all this other stuff just laying under the ground. If he says exceeding great and precious promises, then I bet they're bigger than what you could think. I bet they're bigger than what you could dream. 
if it's exceedingly great and precious promise, if God says it's exceedingly great and precious, can you imagine Peter writing this by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit? And he writes down and he says, by glory and virtue, which has been given to us promises. And God says, no, no, no. Great. Oh, okay. And given us great promises. Oh, Peter, come on. Exceedingly great. Because he's trying to find a word bigger than great. How do you describe the promise of salvation that you're lost and headed to hell and the next minute you're sitting on the throne of God? I consider that a pretty great promise. Huh? Probably an exceedingly great and precious promise. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You see, Christians right now have to start escaping what's going on in the world so that we live in the things of God. But if you keep looking at that over there saying, oh, my gosh, look at, oh, I can't believe that. Oh, ah!" Well, you're just being caught up in it. You're not escaping it and saying over here, oh, what, something's wrong? (laughs) What? That's not right? Are y'all following what I'm saying? I'm talking about mostly our daily lives, our daily activities, our daily everything that we're going through. Go to 1 John 4. 1 John 4, 4. Great scripture. It says, you are of God. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Who's the them? My wife and I always joke about this. You know, she says, who? And I said, I don't know, they and them, you know? Whoever it is out there, they and them who's trying to do this to us, they and them. But he says, you've overcome them. They and them. Because he who is in you is greater than he's in the world. So then Christians are walking around with a greater one on the inside of them, but yet they're being overcome by the world and the things of the world and starting to act like the world and talk like the world and be like the world when we're supposed to overcome the things of the world because we overcame the principality and the power that we got delivered from, got snatched out of and placed in the palm of the Father's hand, John 10, 29. Hello. And then all of a sudden now, we can overcome them because we're not in there. We're not in that. We've been translated out of that kingdom of darkness. I mean, listen to me, folks. There's no person standing in this room tonight that's more patriotic than I am. I love America. I love the whole spirit of America. I love everything about America. But man, I love Jesus and I'm headed to heaven and heaven is my first kingdom. Oh, I'm glad I'm from Texas. Oh, I'm glad I'm Texas. I wish we'd succeed just before the rapture takes place, at least succeed and give me a Texas passport. Man, that would be the joy of my life. All right. I mean, my ancestors fought and died for Texas. So I'm telling you, I got blood in this state. And there's nobody that you're going to find that'll stand up and want to 
wave the Texas flag more than me, but I'm telling you, my heaven's my home. I fight with King Jesus. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking for Revelations 19, 14, get on the horse and come back down. Y'all with me? You got to get this mentality, folks. Listen to me. You may be living in this world, but you're just passing through. We cannot let the spirit in this world overcome us to where we become like the rest of the world. We've got to overcome the world. Because he who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. The greater one lives in us. So, hey, let's take it to chapter 5, 1 John 5. First John 5, 4. I just love the way it says this. And I've looked it up in the Greek and tried to figure it out and, and, and why they say this. For whatever is born of God. Not necessarily whoever. So basically it's whatever you call yourself is born of God, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Uh-oh, our faith. In other words, God's already bought it. He's already laid it all out. He's already put it all out before us. But are we by faith going to tap into it? Are we by faith going to walk in it? Are we going to look at, are we going to be like Peter looking at the waves of the sea and keep sinking? And I don't want to live my life on this earth because everything around me is, that's surrounding and swirling seems to be so overwhelming that I'm going to be like Peter, like in the water right here saying, Lord, can you save me? Save me, Lord. And the water's up to my nose. Man, if I'm going to get out of the boat and walk to Jesus, I want to walk on the water. And it's our faith that does it, folks. It's nothing else. It's your knowledge of God and the promises of God and having fellowship with him, staying in the grace of God and your faith being activated to say, God, I, I'm trusting you. I believe you. you're going to get me from point A to point B today and everything's going to be OK. And if it doesn't look like it's OK and it all kind of falls to pieces right there, well, then, Lord, I don't know. Your grace is going to abound towards me because whatever, and it'll be picked up tomorrow. and We'll go on down the road and maybe your timetable's off. Hello? Maybe your timetable is off. And we should be submitting to God's timetable. Because I'm telling you, if you take a woe is me attitude in this day, you're going to be overcome by the wicked one. If you take that attitude today and say, oh, gosh, it looks like they're winning. You're done. You're toast. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. I don't know how God's going to turn it all around, but that's not my job. My job is to preach the gospel and tell as many people about Jesus and just keep pointing. There he is. There's Jesus. Go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. There's the cross. Go to the cross. Go to the cross. Go to the cross. That's our job. I, I, it's not my job to figure out how we're going to do it. I want to be honest with you. There's a lot of people, 
And, and don't get me wrong, don't take this message, write me dirty letters over all this stuff, and don't come to, oh, I can't believe Pastor said that. But everybody's looking to, oh, well, we've got midterm elections coming up. I don't really have any faith in any midterm elections. I'll be honest with you. I, I'm going to go vote, and I'm going to vote for the person I think is godly, and I'm going to do my job as an American to, to go out and vote, but I ain't got no faith in that. Why? Ain't nobody been to Washington in 50 years done nothing. Maybe that's a little bit stretch 50 but you know don't it seems like that hello folks there's been corruption since day one i guarantee george washington had some corrupt people in his cabinet you know how i know that because the bible says men's hearts that don't know jesus are full of wickedness I mean, bottom line, if you're not a born-again Christian, there's wickedness there. And some is going to come up more than others and whatever. But my point is, you, we cannot be overcome by it. Our faith has to be in Jesus. Our faith has to be in God's plan. Our faith has to be that he's got us. John 10, 29, in the palm of his hand, and there's nothing going to take us out. No devil in hell, no sickness, no no goofy government or whatever. Nothing's going to take us out. And we forget that for a long time there was Christians that were fed to lions as sport on Sundays. If you want to go get, if you want a big shock in life, I don't know if we have one in the bookstore. We used to have it in there. I used to tell them to keep it all the time. Fox's Book of Martyrs. <laughs> go read that, baby. Go read Fox's Book of Martyrs if you want to find out what Christians in the past have really walked through. <laughs> but man, it was great when they got to heaven. Right? And so be encouraged tonight. You've already made it. You've already, you've already crossed the finish line. Those of you watching out there that you've already made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, you've, you've, already, you've already won. You've already won. Now you just got to walk in it. You just got to walk in it. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you have sufficiency in all things and then an abundance left over. Amen. So everybody tonight say, I'm not going to be defeated. Say that I am an overcomer. The greater one lives in me. Amen. Look at the person beside you and say, hey, the greater one's inside of you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, praise God. I want to pray for you. I want to bless you. I want to bless the offering tonight. So stand up. For everyone out there, if anybody just comes across this video, you just didn't know what you were doing, but the Holy Ghost is leading you and you came across here. Listen, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 is really the easiest scripture in the Bible. It says, if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that Jesus is the son of God. And you ask him to come into your life, ask him to forgive you of your sins, ask you with, with faith in your heart, he will. That's all you have to do. There's no church joining, no church membership, no anything else. It's asking Jesus to come into your life and then you will go from darkness to literally the throne of God. 
And so if you've never asked him into your life, well, then just stop right there and pray and just say, Jesus, come into my life. I'll ask you to forgive me of my sins and just pray a sincere prayer and he will. Now, I want to pray over you tonight and I want to bless you and I'll bless your offerings. All of you giving online, man, I, I praise God for you. We're, we're, we're rescuing people around the world. We're preaching the gospel everywhere we can. We're telling everybody that we know about Jesus doing everything that we can possibly lay our hands to right now and even more. And so I thank you for that. I thank you for being faithful in that. But Lord, I just pray tonight over every person. I pray, Lord God, that we realize tonight that the greater one lives on the inside of us. I pray, oh, Heavenly Father, tonight that people grab hold of this and the darkness is the, the darkness that has chains around their minds are broken off. Chains around their hearts are broken off, Lord God. That there is victory and freedom that comes to them. That, Lord, people get up and dance around and jump around and say, oh, my goodness gracious, I've already won. I've already won. I've already won. And that darkness is dispelled. Lord, I declare that what's going on in the world, it's not going to come upon us. It's not going to overcome us because we've already been overcome by the greater one. And Lord, we thank you for that tonight. I ask you to bless the people. Sink this into their hearts. Let them know, 1 John 4, 4, that the greater one lives on the inside of them. And Lord, let us activate our faith. Because Lord, we pray for this nation and we pray for, for all the government officials. We just ask your hand up, be upon it, Lord. And that they, they will, where they try to rule in wickedness, Lord, I just declare that there will be confusion and, and just get stifled and stopped at every corner, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord, where they move in the areas of righteousness, Lord, that it flourishes and flows and people begin to see it. Lord, I thank you for it. I ask you to bless their tithes, bless their offerings, bless the people this night. And Lord, I just praise you for it, that each and every one of us, Lord, you touched us and you changed our life. And we love you for it. So bless them tonight, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Amen.